What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN? Yo, and this is your man, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Yay, yay. I'm a little sick, so my voice my voice is a little bit more Barry White today. But um, I hope you ladies enjoy that. Okay. Here's a question for you. And um, yeah, let's talk about dreams for a second. All right. Ooh, dreams. Mm. So my son woke up the other day from sleeping one night and he wakes up and he was um he was pissed off at me <laughs> right he was oh, mad shit. he didn't want me touching him nothing <laughs> he's like I, I gotta tell you guys about this dream i had a horrible nightmare and so we're sitting there listening and he's you know me and dad were you know we were we were fighting and we were yelling at each other and then daddy hit me and he broke all my bones and Wow. <laughs> you know, he was like, like we were going at it, and he's going through this whole whole thing. But he said it, it was interesting because he said his dream was so realistic, like that we were battling it out like that. But was, when he woke up, he was confused because he just didn't like he he thought he yeah. was still like in the dream, and he saw him, and he was still mad at me because he was mad at me in the dream. Nice. Any similar any similar instances like that where just them getting used to like learning that a dream is is can be realistic and you know how to shake that off. We're kind of so my five year old, my almost three year old, we're kind of in two different stages when it comes to that. Um, so my five year old understands what all that is, and he no longer kind of like continues the dream into real life like kind of similar to how your son reacted. Uh, so he, <clears throat> he has an idea, like he can, he can understand, you know, a nightmare being just a nightmare and, you know, it kind of going away. He gets scared. So many times the effect of that would be he'll get up in the middle of the night, like crying. And there's like a whole drama associated with that, but never, with my son, never something where he wakes up and he's like pissed off or or even the opposite, like super, I don't know, giggly or what right. have you. My daughter, though, my daughter has woken up pissed at me, at us in general. Which one? Older daughter or younger daughter? The younger one, the, two, the okay. almost three-year-old. She, she'll wake up after a nap and she'll. it's obvious she's had a dream, but she she doesn't know how to express that. Uh, but then she'll say something like, "Yeah, I don't want you. Get away from me, cause you did da 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 da." And she'll like 
tell you something that you supposedly did to her. And then when you, you know, when I'm processing, I'm like, nah, I never know whatever the hell it was. I can't remember <laughs> right. exactly an example, but right. <clears throat> but then my wife and I would discuss it. And we're like, oh shit, that's, that was a dream. And we try to talk to her about it and understand, try to make her understand what it was, but you know, she's still too young for it. But it's funny because it's like, she gets visibly upset with you. Like, really catty pissed off like angry face and she don't want nothing to do with you for a while yeah that was the first time that uh that that happened like i went to go you know give him a hug and he pushed my arm away because he was uh, still mad that's my wife my wife luckily uh luckily my wife was able to talk him out of it so that was good (laughs) you guys believe in any of the like spiritual or mystical things that have to do with dreams do you believe in any of that stuff I don't know, man. I mean, I, anything is possible. I guess that's the whole, that's the conundrum. Anything's possible, but I, but I don't know. I think I can't put any correlation between, at least in my life, like dreams that I've had while I was sleeping that manifested into anything in my reality. The the one that I do place like importance on or like really look at as a sign of something you know the one that they say like when you you dream of your teeth or somebody's teeth missing oh, teeth falling out falling out it's yeah death falling is out. upon you right like someone's gonna die right and usually that's been the case and it's you know for instance if you dream of you know somebody close to you for instance and that happens to them in the dream in our case it's never been that person or anybody really close to that person but it's been somebody within our, you know, relatively extended family or, or group of friends. And a lot of times it's been in threes. And wh- who, who, your teeth fall out in the dream? I've never had those kind of dreams. Me personally, no. My teeth don't. But I'll, I'll see other people. Their Just teeth, teeth, period, fall out in somebody in the dream. Yeah. I don't remember ever having a dream like that. Like I've had te- in I've, the I've moment, dreams, falling out. I've had dreams where my teeth fall out, but, but then that was it. Damn, maybe y'all just need to brush your teeth <laughs> before you go to sleep. <laughs> it could be it, yeah. Although I did have a weird experience one time where there was a friend of mine, this is years ago, and I hadn't seen him in months. And somehow he ended up in one of my dreams and we're all out hanging out and, you know, kicking it. And then as I'm waking up from my sleep, my phone rings and I hear him on my answer machine. Saying, yo, man, just checking in. Haven't heard from you in a long time. I thought that was weird. That's happened to me often. So, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like there's something about Cubans and dreams that there's, uh, a, t- there's a tighter correlation. Because I, I, like I feel like you're about to tell us a, a crazy story. No, no, no. I don't got a crazy story. I mean, I just, I know that, you know, I, I, my, my family, my mom and my grandma, they've always, you know, they had little things having to do with dreams, if you dream this or if you dream that. And you hear it all the time. There's folklore amongst all different cultures have different symbols. And, 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 you know, my girls, you know, Native American, so they have a lot of symbolism in dreams. I mean, I don't don't necessarily believe it or disbelieve it. I, you know, I've had some real realistic dreams. I'm always dying in my dreams, which is pretty ill because I feel like I'm invincible. Like, yo, I could die and then I come right back to life. Yo, that's dope. Doing all kinds of crazy shit in my dream. I'm mad maxing it in my dreams. But they say if you die in your dream, you're going to live longer. That's 
one of the things they say. My wife, I don't take my dreams that seriously, but my wife, when she has a dream, those things have significant meaning that usually materialize into something related or not, but it's kind of in the ballpark. So she's got some spiritual association somewhere that manifests itself every now and again. They say that you should write down your dreams as soon as you wake wake up. up. Yeah, I've heard that. For whatever reason. I can't be bothered. Who's they? (laughs) Illuminati. (laughs) All through your body. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know about it. But I would imagine that for a child, having dreams, vivid dreams, and and that they're scary could be, you know, a scary thing for them. It's funny because I look at my daughter. She's she's eight months, and it's cute to see her just like in her sleep and just start smiling or like laughing. Mm. I love seeing that because that means she's having a pleasant dream, right? You know, she's probably seeing my goofy ass doing something dumb. Um, but yeah, that 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 I could imagine that's tough, man, for a little kid to to deal with, you know, when they don't really know much about what that is. Okay, when did you? When were you able to? guess explain or have your child explain to you that they were having a dream like when 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 did that moment like click that it was actually a dream like to understand what the hell was happening you mean just you mean not this not this specific instance right right Um, just in general probably maybe when he maybe when he was five Mm. maybe around i don't know i don't remember it specifically but i know that that i think when he was five last year that he, that we began talking about dreams a bit more because he was able to wake up and start saying, Oh, you know, like describing. Yeah. He was, yeah. Being able to describe what was going on in a dream. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's about this. I'd say, f- I think four or five is when my son actually started to understand it and not be as confused or scared by it. But I, I like, to me, I feel like that's late, but I guess it's, just a normal progression of things because how how before that how do you really verbalize it and really be, you know understand it until you're about school age where you start like i don't know motor skills and all sorts of shit just start to click yeah it's almost like they have to kind of talk to you about it first and say hey what happened when i was sleeping right i don't, I don't know if you can really prep them like by the way, you're going to see a, a show in your head when you go to sleep. <laughs> so we don't say it's the other dimension that you live in? <laughs> no, they stopped doing that. Then they would really ago. stay mad at you then. They, would, <laughs> they told me you're really in a dimension. <laughs> so we don't believe that? What? Altered <laughs> dimension? You know, the, the parallel universe. Right. Uh, you, you know how Bird Box is all the rage? The, oh, the, God. the movie. I mean, it's a good Netflix. movie, though. Did you see it? Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay. I ha- I haven't finished it yet. But it's kind of like a a joke. Like you know how they're doing memes and all sorts of stuff everywhere. No, they got the bird the I was going to say the Birdman challenge. The Bird Box challenge. <laughs> right, right. That that Netflix had to put out a statement and tell people stop that shit. Right. So my kids caught on and they're they're scared of anything even remotely close to you know horror. And um so they're they're goofing around in the house and I'm like Oh, oh, y'all want to play? Okay. Yo, at, uh, you know, because it gets dark early here. So I'm like, yo, at 530, we're going to go and we're going to go watch uh, Bird Box in the dark. And it's just going to be y'all. Mommy and I are going to be upstairs. 
quick, fast, that shit stopped. They're like, nope. No, no, no. We're not going to do that no more. Forget it. All of them. All three of them were just shook. So they hadn't seen the movie, but they were doing the challenges? That's right. Because they saw people like social media? Yeah. And like at at my daughter's school, she was telling me in her middle school, um, the girls, like, you know, girls wearing headbands or what have you, they bring them down. They walk around the school like that, like bumping into shit and all sorts of dumb shit. (laughs) So that's what I'm dealing with. Some people were doing some real dumb shit. Yeah. So wait, your oldest didn't see it either? No. Hell no. no. She's, okay. She's, she's not allowed she... to see, I guess, quote-unquote scary movies yet? Mm, I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I just need her to not say she's going to do something and then front when the movie's on. Like, if you're watching the movie with your eyes closed, you're not watching the movie. So, right. you know, beat it. So until she musters up the real courage, I tell her no. But it's not like I don't – I'd like her to, actually, because my wife and I always talk about this. Obviously, we do things very differently with our kids than what was done to us. <laughs> but I recall, I don't know, Friday the 13th and, you know, the Michael Myers flicks. Like, I was relatively young, maybe eight, nine years of age when I saw those. So, to you know, to me, it's not a big deal if they start watching them. Maybe not at eight or nine, but 11. Right. Did, did I ever – um? If I mentioned this, tell me so I don't repeat it. But did I mention about my my kindergarten preschool experience with horror yeah. movies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mentioned on the, on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that leads me to the segue. Like, first of all, what do you? I don't know if we talked about it in depth, but isn't that wild that they would show us those movies in like preschool kindergarten? Uh, and yeah. second of all, what do you think about showing you know letting kids watch horror movies and what age and and stuff like that? Or or movies in general that that are, have violence, but I mean, let's since we're talking about horror movies, let's let's stick with that. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I mean, I think definitely got to have. I, I guess it just goes back to our whole topic of you know when we're talking about music and just kind of keeping them protected from certain things, um, depending on their age. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't let my son see a horror movie at this point. Probably not until I guess until I know he's got some kind of sense that he understands more that the stuff is fake and, you know, understands right. more of a story as opposed to what he's seeing is really going to freak him out. Now, I mean, you know, there's adults who watch this stuff and get scared. So, you know, that that's hard to, that's kind of hard to gauge, but I mean, definitely, definitely what they get exposed to has, uh, I think it has a greater effect on them than, than adults. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be more mindful than to not let him. in. I think your teacher was probably crazy for showing showing you guys that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it had a negative impact on me for real because I I don't like, like, I don't. What can I? Say? It's not that I don't like watching horror movies. I can watch them, but I'm not necessarily fond of like the suspense feeling. Like, mm, yeah. I can really deal with the gore. I can deal with all you know the violence part of it, but like the suspense and the like boo factor, I'm just like. I'm on and edge with that the stuff. The anxiety. Yeah, the anxiety. The anxiety of it, yeah. yeah. So, so, and I don't know how it had to do with that, but I, I know that also as a child, you have a very vivid imagination. So you, you want to believe that these these things, you, I mean, you want to believe in Santa Claus, so you're going to believe in this monster in this movie. Mm. You know, it's, it's so, so like, you know, they showed us the thing and, and poltergeist and all that stuff, and I was just like, and then I remember I had to sleep in my cousin's crib in L.A. one time, I mean, in her in her bedroom one time, 
and she had all these little clowns like, on, oh, the, no. on the shelves. And then I had just seen Poltergeist in school, and I was in preschool. And, <laughs> you know, and it was, like, I just remember being terrified. Like, ah, like they're going to kill me. I don't think I slept that night. And I was, like, under the covers. So, yeah, it definitely has an impact. But But I do think that there are, and I mean, obviously the age matters, but there are some people or some kids that are probably more, what's the word? Like, maybe just built better for... You know, certain things, just like someone grows up to be like a horror movie right. fanatic, you know, or this type of fanatic. I'm sure there's there's some kids that it just doesn't affect them. Like I've met little kids that they, like my one of my friend's sons, he like loves horror movies. Little kid doesn't get scared. He laughs at when he's watching them. Hmm. I mean, I've let, I've let my son see some movies where I mean, there's violence and he'll actually say he'll start watching something and say, you know what? I don't really like seeing this movie. There's too much people mm-hmm. shooting at each other or too much hitting going on. It kind of depends on the movie. Like, you know, he's seen Star Wars, the original Star Wars. Um, and uh, then he tried watching another one and he, and that I think was Empire Strikes Back. And then that had a lot of gun action. And he was like, yeah. eh, I'm not really feeling that one so much. Um, kind of just depends. He saw Black Panther. That was okay for him. He, you know, he didn't feel like, it was out of control but he's he's actually a pretty good judge in terms of where it starts making him feel like eh, maybe i probably shouldn't be watching this hmm. you, you 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 remind me and unless you guys have something more on horror movies i want to segue to another thing having to do with showing kids something so i had like a little get together in my crib this weekend and um i had some friends over and then one of my friends brought his uh his two daughters one i think is like i like like nine eight or nine and the other one's like 13, 11, 12, 13, something like that. <clears throat> so then we're in the backyard. I was barbecuing. I had some other friends over there. And my boy's wife was like, hey, do you have, could you put on like some cartoons for my daughters? And it was already nighttime. It was like seven or eight o'clock at night or something. So I was like, yeah, no doubt. You know, my default is Cartoon Network. No problem. <laughs> for adult uh... swim action. <laughs> so I see, I just throw on the Cartoon Network and I walk away. And then I, I come back and then the, the older daughter comes up to me. She's like, do you know what you put on? And I'm like, no, nah, what? She's like, they're raping in this cartoon. <laughs> what? This girl just raped. And then the little one goes, he showed his butt in it. And I'm like, oh, no. oh my God. And they're like, don't you know what adult swim is? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I just didn't think they were going to rape in this thing. And then my boy, and they're like, they just came from church. <clears throat> and, you know, and I'm like, and his wife, I'm like, oh, man, I feel terrible. And they, they kind of laughed it off. And they're like, ah, oh, you didn't know. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like texting when they left, like, yo, I'm so sorry, man. And then the, he said that the daughters are like laughing at me. Like, he didn't know that he put on some adult stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rookie. Rookie guy. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> yo, my, my daughter, uh, something similar today. So we have um, a few smart speakers in my house. And... So our Google Home controls our TV. So we just speak into it and whatever. You can get your channel or what have you. So my kids are trained to use it, and they ask it a whole bunch of weird shit all the time. But my daughter was requesting to put something on TV, my two-year-old. And so she's uh, saying something. I'm on the phone. She's saying something to Google, like asking it to put something on TV. And I'm not paying her no mind. And then all of a sudden, I just hear the TV going. Like some some content is on there, and then maybe a minute or two later, she comes looking for me. She's like, "Daddy, Daddy, 
the TV's doing something inappropriate. And I'm like, <laughs> what? So I go, yo, it's Chris Brown, you know, gyrating and doing all his, oh, his movements. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have been worse, though. It could have been way worse. <laughs> but I'm like, damn, how is that? I mean, why do you know that to be inappropriate? Like, there wasn't anything... Crazy. Yo, cause, cause when I looked up at the TV when the girl told me that I see an alien with three tits. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> three tits. <laughs> I'm like, what is this, yo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So the, the smart speakers are uh, a powerful utility, but you got to be used wisely. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Our new, our latest guest here on uh, the podcast is a uh, Mister Fatherhood is lit. Uh, his name is James Lopez, straight out of the Bronx, but currently resides in Staten Island, and uh, he's been a tech entrepreneur. I know you you've had a startup or two under your belt, and uh, now I think you're focused on a bunch of different things involving fatherhood and emerging technologies and different kinds of things. So. We wanted to bring you on, Mr. Lopez, and chop it up. So thank you for, for joining the Fatherhoods. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here, man. Represent. Word. So, I mean, we'd love to learn a little bit about kind of how Fatherhood is Lit became a thing and, and you know, what the genesis of all that was. Do you care to take us through that? Oh, of course. Of course. So um, so first and foremost, me, uh, Fatherhood is Lit is making sure that um, – that dads like myself, especially dads that come from the hip hop culture, um, know that their presence doesn't have to be boring, where they could actually have some fun with their kids, you know, and they don't really have to change so much. Um, and it all started out after I, I um, folded my last tech startup company called The Fat Startup. Um, we folded that, and then for like about a year, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I was actually topping it up with, um, with Premium Pete about presence over presence. Um, right. and we wanted to work together, but it was just, the timing was just off, you know, he, he's super busy. I was super busy. So we, we both did our own thing. And then, um, couple, couple months later, a friend online who started the company, um, he was a co-founder of Blavity actually told me, yo, James, you're the CEO of fatherhood is lit. Like, I love seeing pictures of you and your kids and all the cool things that you guys get to do. And I was like, man, that's it. I got to build this. You know, I just took the entrepreneur route and said, I don't, I really don't know what it's going to be. Let me just start building this and start building out the community. And here we are today, uh, about a year and a half later, and I'm working with some of the top brands out there and working with some cool fathers. Dope. Yeah, that's that's ill. Yeah. So what 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 made you? I guess what gives you the passion for making fatherhood kind of your your spearhead for for what you're doing? Is it? Um, it started with me talking trash about fatherhood. Okay. You know, your friends telling you, man, you know, my, my, my kid, I, I work 40, 50 hours and Saturday he wants me to take him to a baseball game and I just can't do it. I'm tired. Mm. You know, and, and me telling my friends, yo, are you crazy? Like, you're tired. Like, this is what you work for. Like, you work all week to be able to provide for your kids. Right. So wake your ass up and go chill with them, man, because sooner or later they, they're not going to want to chill with us. Right. You know, and um, luckily for me, like I grew up with my dad, but it's like I tell everybody, like he wasn't there for my special moments. You know, he missed my wedding, missed my my graduation, my master's, everything. But he was still there for me. I would have loved for him to be at these events, too. And, you know, he had to choose work over that. So it was just me telling my friends, yo, the dollar's going to come, man. Like, just keep, you know, have some fun with your kids, man. Like, make some memories instead. 
So you just trash talking, beating down on your friends because they're <laughs> lacking in the dad department. Um, <laughs> what what is so like as far as a movement goes, right? Like I've you know I saw you on um I think it was New York One maybe the, there was a clip yeah that you were doing some coding at a spot in Staten Island. Um, is is that the concentration of what you guys do, or are you guys doing a bunch of different things across the board? Um, so so my main thing was focusing on events. Um, it started out with me going to an event and basically taking over for dads. Uh, you know, like going to an event and where they kind of like forget about us and they just have fun with the kids. I would come in there with my kids and actually entertain the parents. <laughs> um, that <laughs> that in turn turned into companies like Home Depot telling me, "Hey, can you host?" you know, our monthly event, bring your group of dads. So what you saw in New York one was us just playing around saying, you know, we love hip hop. We're, we're ingrained in the, in the culture. Mm. Um, what can we do for fathers? That's kind of dope for their kids too. So what we did was we, we grabbed seven computers and we put garage band on it and we had all the kids build beats, like create beats using garage band, you know, kids that never, ever, ever tried to do this before dads that probably looked at their iPhones, like what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Like they actually sat there and they they created a beat for about an hour and a half, wow. um, and the beats were hot, man. Like they weren't some trashy beats, you know? They were pretty good. Yo, what's so up? That send, was just a test. Send some beats, <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, they killed it. Yo, they killed it, man. <laughs> I mean, they killed it, and it, and you know, looking at them, it was incredible because the dads are looking at them like, I didn't know you could do this with yeah. this technology, but I also didn't know I could sit here and do it with you. So our whole thing was, how do we get dads to interact with their kids? You know, kids are always gonna have fun. What can we do for the dads? And that beat class was one of the, one of our one of our examples just to show the world that we could kind of grab technology and make it fun for the parents. So when you get to um, these events and you're dealing with the the dads and their kids, do you come across the majority of dads? They kind of know what they're doing, or or is it, are you observing that they're like awkward with their kids and they're you know not sure what the hell they should be doing? Yo, yo, parents, dads are crazy, man. Like, dads <laughs> are full of pride. Like you guys know that. So, so I, I see dads, you know, come in sometimes, um, sometimes they're a little awkward. They're not sure how to, how to do certain things with their kids. Most of the time they just focus on their kids and they're having some fun. Um, but I've seen dads do like Legos, like simple Legos. You know, you really think Legos are a simple device. Um, I've seen dads build those and then quit. So we just go in there to reinforce it. Like tell them, yo, it's, it's okay. Like you, you know, you never used Legos before. Like who cares? Nobody's judging you. You know what I mean? So um so we go in there and what I've what I've noticed is that dads are actually chilling, hanging out, and they're making friends with other fathers. And that's something that you, you guys know how it is, man. Dads don't like to make friends with other dudes like that. It's like a dad um, network. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It turned into a dad network, a, a collective. I like to call it a, a a safe place where dads could come through and do them. You know, right. if, if anybody's gonna embarrass themselves, it's gonna be me. I'm the one standing on on a podium telling them, yo, we're gonna go paint these venom three D figures. You know, I, I and my my kid is the one teaching me how to do this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up. So before you guys mess up, look at me. I'm gonna mess up first, and I don't really care. Mm. I'm having a good time with my kid. Well, how, like how many kids? They, they how many kids do you have? I have three. Okay. Three boys. Ooh, that's a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a lot of uh, a lot of feistiness, a lot of uh, a lot of talk back. <laughs> 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 it's scary. <laughs> How old are they? It's very scary. So I have a, a twelve-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, and it's it's definitely Italians all across the board. Mm. And w what's your cultural background? So I'm Puerto Rican. 
Puerto okay. Rican, born and raised in the Bronx. Cool. What part? What part of the Bronx? Um, South Bronx near Lincoln Hospital, Alfred E. Smith, Yankee Stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, that area. Uh, I guess the, the, the hipsters are calling it Morrisania or Mott Haven. Mott Haven. I don't know what they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're not too far from each other. That's, I'm more or less from similar similar area. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's the hood. <laughs> right. So how, the hood, hood. So we, we were talking about, um like, dreams and how our kids kind of – in, in KGB's case here, he was expressing how his son woke up from a dream and like felt a way about him. So he was kind of like not himself with with K, like you know, pushing him away and like almost almost mistreating him because uh, <laughs> apparently in the in the dream, K broke his bones and <laughs> didn't treat him. We, we, wow. we were going at it in the dream. Wow. <laughs> so so we were. Yeah. So, like, have you had that experience? Like, has your kid ever woken up from a dream and not really understood what was what was going on and like took it out on you? Oh hell yeah, the two year old. The two year old wakes up like in the you know sometimes he sleeps with us, um, and he will wake up in the middle of the night just fighting, fighting somebody. Mm. But I'm the one catching the kicks to the face, <laughs> <laughs> and and you can't stop him. You know, I'll be there. His name is um Justin. I would be there. Justin, Justin, it's okay. Wake up, wake up. You know, what seems like 10 minutes is really like 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but he's kicking away, punching, and there's nothing I could do. And then there's the other times when he's awake and he wants nothing to do with me. He just wants to mess with his mother. Mm. <laughs> That's always fun, too. <laughs> and how do, you, how do your kids feel about what it is that you do? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they, they got to be happy about that, you know, you, you're putting so much time and effort into being a great dad and giving them time. I mean, do, do they understand that or is oh. it just kind of normal to them so they don't think twice about it oh um, no i think they i think they're starting to get it more and more where now they're offering to like do certain things for me like my my oldest wants to do videos for us now my um, middle child he wants to do like openings you know he wants to do like his ryan thing um and it's like wait wait, wait. It, it didn't start you, off you, that way you said ryan like ryan's toy review yeah, yeah. Oh, so he man. wants to do that for me. He's like, Dad, you know, can we, can can it be, um, he calls himself Jordan's Judgment. So he's like, yo, can it be Jordan's Judgment under fatherhood is lit? And I'm looking at him like, man, I, I can't do this right now. It's a lot of work. <laughs> um, but I still let him do it. Like, they still do videos. They still have fun. Um, you know, going back to your to your question, um, I, I bring them into the fold where it's like that time that I did the interview with New York One, um, what they didn't show was that they asked me about my son and I told him that he's my co-founder. Um, oh, that's the way I treat it. Right. That's the way I treat it. Like I, I was raised in poverty. So I'm teaching my son, you know, you could do it this way where you could go to school and get your money that way. Or you could be an entrepreneur and here's your dad doing it. Now, instead of just watching, how about you be part of it? Uh, and he loves it. He loves it. Like they give me ideas. You know, they'll tell me like if we go to an event, they'll tell me, dad, that was whack. You know, I don't like that event. We could do better. Why don't we do this instead? You know, so it, it brought them into the fold and it's teaching them things that all parents want to, want to teach their kids without me having to force it on them, on them. You know, I'm not being that dad that's all on top of them telling them, well, you should do this, you should, you should do that. They're just falling in line with it. And, you know, the perks, they love the perks, man. Like, let's be real. Like, you know, we they get to do some really cool things that that me as an adult, I've never even thought I would do. So they, they love that stuff. What What is it that you think is driving you to be uh you know the father that you've become like what what are some of the influences that 
you think have, have affected you to be the person you are as a dad? Yo, it's crazy, man. Cause I, I don't know if you guys were watching like, um, like the R Kelly thing. Um, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> no. you know, I watch, I, I, watch well, I didn't watch it, but we like know what's that. going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I watch a lot of shows that, that involve violence, like, you know, like gangland and, 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 you know, into like regular shows like Mayans and stuff like that. Um, and one thing that I've always seen in these shows growing up is that they always said I didn't have a father. So to me, it's like, man, I was lucky. Like I had my dad, I grew up in a neighborhood where a lot of kids didn't know their fathers. You know, a lot of them didn't even know their mothers. They knew they, they knew their grandma. So it's like, I can't mess this up, man. Like that, that would be whack. Like I remember sitting down with a, with a tech guy and the tech guy telling me, um, the biggest failure you could be is failing your family. And that hit me hard where it's like, yo, I made these three kids. I want them to be good little dudes, man. I don't want, I don't want no R. Kelly situations with these kids. Right. And I don't want anybody else to take advantage of them. I want them to be productive members of society. If I'm not around to teach them these things, then who will? The streets? <laughs> the streets can't teach them what, what they need to learn. And that keeps me focused. Hmm. You know, I came from, like I said, I came from poverty, graduated college, had a six-figure job decided to quit to go do a startup in my family. I was a failure, hmm. but I know what I was doing, man. I already got everything that they didn't get. You know, I could fall back on that. Now it's time to like build something different and try to push the kids that way. And so I'm just leading by example. Yeah. And you build, build, build that wealth for your kids, not just right. the, the short term money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it comes, if the problems come and I need to go back into tech and work, so be it. But for now, yo, we we've been blessed, man. Let's you know, let's try to change the world. Let's try to show them different things. You know, like and you like, guys, you guys are do you know doing different things, and it's it's to cement your legacy. You know, or your kids see that. You don't have to explain that to them; they see it. Yeah, well, like you said, right? that they're they're seeing you in action doing it. So I think that's a you know, I I don't think I think there's a lot of kids that don't necessarily get to see. You know, we have parents and pe people telling them, yeah, you can do this, you can do that, do this, and kind of goes in one ear out the other but to actually see someone in action doing it that's a different that's that's a whole nother thing yeah man yeah that's exactly it and uh, i think by you working on the things that you like or even even the things that you don't like if you like if you if you have to go to work seven days a week to maintain your family just by doing that you're teaching your kids something and you're teaching them something positive you know you're teaching them how to maintain that family how to how to keep the boat afloat yeah, and consistency. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yep. discipline. You teach them discipline, hard work. You know, and then then from there you you set that foundation and hope that now when your kids grow up, they go off of the foundation you set for them and they create another one, a higher one. Like they raise the bar, and it, that's the it, thing for me. Like it, I just want I just want to raise the bar for them. Let them. In your in your I, experience, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like I I bought real estate out of college. That should oh, be no. a foundation for them. They should look at real estate and say man, we could do this whenever we want. What's the next step? Right. How do we further this? I think that's dope. Like, you know, laying down the foundation and letting them build from there. In your um experience of meeting all these different fathers, um, is there anything that you've identified that a lot of, a lot of fathers that you've met, like that there's like a common thread of shortcomings or things that people may, you know, mainly with, let's just say for the sake of the conversation, like fathers within hip hop culture, let's say. For lack of a better, you know, term, do you see anything that have you identified anything that you think that fathers could improve on? Um, I think two things. So especially with the hip hop culture, uh, the first thing would, would probably be um to give them more time. You know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, where 
where the dad is working five days a week and then doesn't want to wake up Saturday. So it's almost like we, we have to, we have to think of our presence as, as it's rare, it's, it's limited. So why don't we pass it along to our kids? Because, you know, you wake up at night, like, like for some dads, like their kids will wake up at 9am and the dad will say, I don't want to go out with them. But by 10am, you know how it is. They're knocking on your door. They're waking you up. You're not moving. Like you, you have to move now because of them, but you're not going to leave the house. So you might as well do something productive. Um, so it's all about giving more of your time. And secondly, um, the music, man. Like, I think with the music, my kids, they live the hip-hop culture. They're watching YouTube. They're watching, they're listening to Spotify. They're listening to a lot of music with curses. I'm not going to stop that. I can't stop that. They're going to listen to their music. They're going to consume what they want. But what I can do is sit down with them and talk about some of the bars, some of the lyrics. Right. Um, and I think that's very important because especially now with the troll with the troll environment, like it's very easy for a kid to think that they could just troll their way through life and become successful that way. And it's like, nah, let's take it back a little bit. Like, let's take it back to the fundamentals, you know, learn how to read, <laughs> learn proper math, you know, let's do these things first. Is there I don't a, think we could take that away. Is there a certain age where you kind of open the gates uh, for your kids to start hearing songs with cursing or, or has it just been once the, once they became interested in music, it was kind of free game? Um, so when, when my first child was around, um, I tried to hide it from him like the first year. And then I just got tired of it. Where it was like, man, this is the music I love. <laughs> I, I'm not. I know he's not gonna go grab a gun and shoot the place up. So let's let's at least talk about the music. And I I just exposed it to them. I believe in exposure to your, to your kids. Like I think when my father he let me roam all around the Bronx. You know when we when we didn't have cell phones and stuff. And I learned a lot about myself and the city. And I didn't necessarily do anything bad. Um. So I think it's, it, you give them a little bit of leeway. Like I I'm one of those dads that doesn't believe in censorship. And so far, we've been good. So, so does that mean, like, in the household, and I, I struggle with this all the time, I try to filter what I say, but many times yeah. I, I'll motherfuck this or be like, yo, shut <laughs> shut the fuck that and get the fuck out of here and to my kids. But, but you know, you know how people say, like, yo, stop cursing at me, right? And I guess you could say you kind of try to curse with them, not necessarily at them, but like I I, I get conflicted because that's the natural way I want to express a particular thing, especially when it's like in jest. Like I'll I'll be like, get the fuck out of here. But I I always have that. I always have that conflict. Do you find yourself being feeling less strict about that in your, you know, as you parent? Um. So I, I don't believe in censoring them, but I still censor myself somewhat. But there's a lot of times where the curses fly and, you know, they hear it and they'll tell me, your dad, you know, you owe some money for the for the tip jar or whatever they have, you know what I mean? But I, I, I'm not perfect, man. I probably fail <laughs> probably like, like 80% of the time. Like, I, it's just, it came to a point where when my first son turned like about two or three, I was just tired of hiding who I was. So it was more like, yo, I'm going to listen to this music. We're going to watch the movies we watch. That's the way I was raised. I came out okay. All right, I'll raise you the same way. And whatever whatever problems we have, we'll talk about them. So what about, like, um, what about for some of the lyrics, where some of the songs where there's a lot of, like, sexually explicit lyrics and stuff like that, um, do you end up having to sit down and talk to your sons about that stuff if they are indeed listening to some of those type of songs yeah yeah so my oldest my oldest swears he doesn't have a girlfriend or that we don't know that he has a girlfriend Uh um so we haven't had that that real explicit 
birds and the bees talk, but we've we've like flirted with it. You know, where we will something will happen on TV and we'll talk about it real quick. I'm actually, once again, since I'm not perfect, that's one of the topics that I'm scared of. <laughs> like I'm really scared of it because Word. when when I was learning about things like that, my dad was very old school. I was like about 13, 14. He popped in a porn and he's like, "Yo, Jimmy, this is what's going down." This oh, is what happened. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah, I, I I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do it. If I do that, I think my wife might hang me from like the Staten Island ferry or something. So wait a so, second. Like, rewind, can... re- re- rewind that for a second. What was <laughs> so? What was what was your reaction when 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 your dad did that? I'm curious. Oh, you know the cool shit. Oh, I know what that is, Dad. I know exactly what that is. I was still a virgin. So it was like, oh man, this is cool, but I can't believe my dad is showing me this. <laughs> but <laughs> that was your was your reaction more like, yeah, I know what that is, so he could stop it, so it could stop being awkward. Yeah, man, it was embarrassing. It's like, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't get hard with you here, man. Like, right, right. <laughs> if I can't do that, I'm not gonna ask you any questions either. You know. Right. But that was his way of like breaking the ice. Right. And it's like, yo, this is what's gonna happen, and then. You know, from there was, yo, I'm going to take you back to the block and I'm going to show you what happens with, with everything else. You know, the, the druggies, the crackheads and how all of this plays into it. You know, I had like a real, I had like a real street education from my dad. I can't do that with my kids, man. They're too sheltered for that. Mm. Like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do that. I, so I, the, I really don't I know how we're going to talk about it. The, the video is a pretty inventive way to break the ice. I gotta, I gotta that's, <laughs> that's a hell man, of a shock. It was, if, I, if if the internet was around back then, I would have been on Snapchat telling all my friends. <laughs> that's how crazy it was. Like I would, you know, I would have begged for somebody to get them out of there. But, so, uh, but that so, just wasn't it. <laughs> so as as it's as it's one of your biggest fears, how are you thinking about addressing it in in like you know in, in the depth it needs to be addressed when it comes to your, your is twelve year old is your eldest now? Yeah. Yeah, yes, so like yeah. when it's time, probably within another year, maybe is when you have to have that like, you know, serious chat. H- have you sketched out in your mind how you think you're gonna approach it? Um, so I think I'm behind. I think yeah. like I think I wish I had this talk already. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been putting it off, hoping that you know he'll he'll mention something about a girlfriend or a dance where I could kind of like sneak that in. But the but his school and the way that these kids operate, they're so innocent that it, it's kind of scary. So to me, um, I think my deadline is this year before he joins the eighth grade. Okay. So summertime, I think we're just gonna be in the car, you know, in the car driving somewhere, and the talk is just gonna have to happen. Like it has to be somewhere that I can't escape and he can't escape. You know, phones are off, no Bluetooth, nothing, just us, just us where we could talk. Cause I, I really don't know how it's gonna go. <laughs> like I'm, I'm more, I'm more afraid of it than I think he is. You know, <laughs> like right. I'm sure he's thinking about it already. And it's like I, I'm, I'm afraid to talk about it, man. Like, I, will I open up a can of worms? Yo, do me a favor. Like, that's my biggest fear. Can, can you just put your cell phone to record that conversation so at least I have a starting point? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I, really, I'm really afraid of that, bro. I'm thinking. Really I'm thinking. So I, my oldest is 11. She's gonna be 12 in a month, and I. My, my wife is taking the the load on you know making sure she kind of has an understanding of all that stuff and i'm sure that convers- those conversations already have started in, to some degree but i know when my son who's 5 when he's up i know it's going to be me and i'm i don't even know how to start that conversation so um please record that and send that to us <laughs> so we have a starting point did you get a conversation manny from your dad on nah. the, when you were younger 
Nah. I don't even remember. I don't remember any kind of conversation when I was growing up on on any of that stuff. The, the conversation it was hard knock school shit. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the conversation that I did have was my mother, and she she was. It wasn't even like an explanation. It was like, don't get nobody pregnant. Here's condoms. Yep. Like that was basically it. Yeah, that's the default. That's the default, like easy way out. And I think that's the way I'm gonna go for for a few times. Right. You know, until we actually have a, a real discussion. But I I want to flip it on you guys. Since you didn't have your dads explain that to you, do you think that that changed, like the way that you approach uh, sex, or did it hinder it? Did it do something to you? I think so. Or did yeah. I think that that having that that guidance, like, first of all, especially for a boy, for sure, not having that guidance, you know, you're kind of like lost. You're in the woods. And if you have a single mother, she might not even have the time or the, you know, the, the she's just dealing with so much, just, just being a single parent. She's probably not even putting enough thought process into dealing with that part. And it's just like you're just out there, like you're just you're just like a lone ranger, and, and you're, you're getting it in from your peers, your friends, kids, the streets, and it was just wild, you know. I, I think it would have been a lot, a lot better for me, getting it from from my father. I just think it was all willy nilly wild for me growing up, just learning as I went along. Yeah, because there's no, it, there was no <clears throat> clear cut definition as to like even how to approach it, right? You're just trying to figure out, well, does a girl like me? Does a girl not like me? Right. You know, how do you even approach? the subject and and yeah i think and i sure i'm sure my mom explained she would have had to explain that stuff to me uh at least in her the, the best way that she could but it's it's not i don't even have a memory of it that's that's how unclear of uh whereas i think if you have a dad like like in your instance like he made an impact where he sat you down and put the porno tape on <laughs> said this is yeah, why this you know what i mean <laughs> and, but at least that gave you some direction as to all right and, uh, you know uh, you you had an expectation at least right. <laughs> set <laughs> yeah. however explicit yeah. it was it was at least an expectation like i think i think that's the the gap for me too it's like having had some preparation to know what to expect i think it would have just ease me more ease you know more into that that whole world and yeah, it just gives yeah, you some confidence right there's a that's it. whether or not whether or not you follow your dad's advice or or whatever you know the, your father might or might not have said about that kind of stuff at least it gives you a little bit of confidence because you've had someone sit you down and talk to you about this at least from one kind of male perspective so then right and it's not even it. it's not even for you as the as the young man it's it's how you're going to treat women as well cuz our generation yeah. is notorious you know for not having strong male figures around <clears throat> and then look at lot you know look at in the 90s or whatever hip hop you know how it treated women in the music so yeah. we all grew up you know like just thinking about the groupies and this and then that you know and it's just like we got to think about like where is all that stemming from and, and and you know it's not just about how how we navigated it, but how we treated the women in turn. So I think, I, I think you know, like I, you know the way I think about it, and and this is the one part that is clear to me when it is time for me to talk to my son. It is ex- explaining the need for respect for whoever you're gonna lay with, right? Because that exactly. to me is if if nothing else, that should be the guiding light that a father bestows upon their kid because of how ass backwards it is in previous generations. 
But you know what else? Uh, to to on top of that, it's also to respect yourself, right? To not right. take sh- not take shorts with the people you're dealing with, and you know, and to have a better understanding of when it's time to to, to call it a wrap on something and move on. And you know, I think when you don't have a, a strong father figure, you don't you're not necessarily told all that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Oh, that, that's crazy because when I talk to certain dads about you know fatherhood and talk, having that talk with our kids. Those are some of the things that pop up, you know, like, how are we going to, how are we going to explain how to respect yourself, how to respect the person that you're laying with all of those things in one. And I think that's what's, that's what's scary, but you know, there's no blueprint, no blueprint for this. Yeah. And sometimes accidentally we might perpetuate the negative things that, you know, we learned or lack of learning to our, you know, children, which is a little scary too. And that's why things like this and these, and the networks that you're doing, it's very important, you know? Yeah, because I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you you said it at the open, James. Like we we men, but you know, fathers. This, there's a lot of pride involved, and so mm-hmm. with that comes this whole, I don't need nobody else, and you're you're just fearful to go and reach out and and get advice from other people, even even your close friends. Like you don't feel because close friends are probably the last resource in some cases because everybody's always clowning everybody, and so when it's <laughs> when it's when it's time to have like a a needs based conversation. It might not be the group of people you turn to, so so it kind of we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot, but it's something that we got to get over because it's it's definitely important. Yeah, I mean that I was one of those people that didn't want to mess with with dudes. Period. Like like if you had met me ten years ago, I you wouldn't have thought I was going to do this. Like I would have been sticking to tech because my thing was I never wanted to meet new dudes and I didn't want to hang out with them. That was just the New York pride in me. Mm-hmm. It was like, nah, man, unless it's a, a whole bunch of females, I'm not going. And then I met a group out here that put me on, man. Like, they hooked me up. <laughs> you know, it was that group. Then. And it was like, man, like, I was thinking about this all wrong. You know, I was too prideful. Yeah, man. They, they really, you know, they took care of me. So so yeah, what's man, the... That pride, man, that pride will kill a dude. What, yeah. What, what's the biggest the thing... What's the biggest thing, James, that you've learned so far being a father that you didn't think you were going to understand or, or even learn oh man so much I, I think i i think the biggest thing was i never thought i would be um full of knowledge that i could give to my child where it was like I've, I've done so much that i didn't think i didn't think i've lived life enough to be to be um to have the privilege of being a dad you know like i, I had a child at 26 which is super late in my neighborhood mm. and it still felt like i was doing it too soon it was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be ready for this. So I think it's just like any other dad, I felt like, are my shortcomings going to kill me while doing this? You know, where am I going to wake up every day and go to work now that I have a child? Am I going to save up money for them? Like, it was a whole bunch of, will I do this? Will I do that? And what I learned was that when that you're never ready to have a child, it just happens. And then after that, you just, like, you regroup and you make it through it somehow. Hmm. Like, it's like, this is this is like a job. Like, this is... This is a job, you know, you know how they say that this is a job that you never have, to, that you can't quit? Right. Yeah. It's true, because this is a job, like, when you go start a new job somewhere, you don't really know what the hell you're doing. But you know you don't want your boss to fire you. So you do whatever it takes to make it. And this is the same thing with my kids, where I, I never want to lose at raising them. So because of that thought mentality, which I didn't think I had before, I'm able to try anything for them. And, of course, you know, I'm going to take some lumps here and there. But we keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. What's your wife think of everything you're doing? 
Um, she loves it. She loves it. Like she wanted me to do something with the fatherhood stuff. Um, while I was building my tech company, um, you know, she she's she she was raised with a father and a mother. Um, you know, white picket fence. But she liked that I was able to get other dads to like lower their guard. Where now they're chilling with a whole bunch of other dads, coloring, you know, painting painting uh venom heads and stuff like that. Like she she kind of likes that because she knows I like the challenge. And when I did this. Everybody that was in tech that I knew told me, you're crazy. <laughs> like, you're crazy. Like, don't waste your time with this. There's no money. Like, do, go, do, do, go do technology. Do you bring people from the tech world into to the fatherhood's lit stuff that you guys are doing? I started. I started. I started doing that. Like, I've been bringing dads. Like, I, I have a friend who, who does um, a 3D printer farm. Mm-hmm. So he's a big part of my movement where he's the one that creates the 3D stuff for me. So at the same time where he's creating it, I'm actually teaching other dads how to do it too. That's dope. You know, where, they, where now they get to learn how to build it and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah. So we're bringing in the tech people, but to me, it's to me, it's all about what's happening. What's happening at MSG tomorrow? What's happening at Madison Square Garden next week? How do I get in there, and how do I make sure that the dads that are in there have a blast, where they could come back home and tell their wives, "Yo, I was out here with my son, and yo, we met Michael Jordan or something," and it was all because of father and his leg. So you know, like that's that's my goal. Like how do I make something that you could normally do with your child? How do I make it spectacular? But like that you could say, yo, even on the bad days that I do this, it's still cool. Like I, I understand that I'm not always gonna meet a star, but I like doing these Legos with my kid anyway. And I never thought I did. You know what I mean? So it's almost like breaking down that that barrier. Like, let's have some fun, man. Like, stop, stop acting like we always, like, we're grown men where we don't like to have fun, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we yeah. want to be there. We don't want to be there bored as hell watching our kids do our thing. Like, how many dads do you see at a baseball game falling asleep? Yeah. That's, 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 not, that's not your thing. That's not your thing. Then don't do it. Go do your thing. What, what, do, you, what do you say to, like, the, the ice grill pops, right? So, like, for, for instance, I'm, I'm one of those. Like, if I got to go to a school function... Or not, not necessarily a school function for my kid, but like, you know, uh, I'm at a, I'm at the kid's school for something, and there's a bunch of parents congregated around me. I'm mean mugging, ice grilling, just so that I don't get approached by the parents. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kind of with I, you. I don't like. I really you think don't you're like on the yard, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's yo. That's my mental. That's my mental. School yard, not the prison yard. Yo, with, with that, I, I run into them all the time, man. And right. For some reason, the the ice grill pop is the one that I gravitate towards. Mm. Like I I like I like going towards them and fucking with them. Like I like going to them and telling them, "Yo, how you doing? Who's your son? You know, what are you doing here? What do you do? Yo, by the way, you should come to one of my events." And that's how I really fill them out because I think sometimes the ice grill pops, they they might want to avoid the questions from the teachers and the other parents, but they want to talk. They want to chill and, and get to know people too. Like you want to know who's at the school. You want to know who's surrounding your kids, James. Right. If I if I you know see you I mean? if I see you with the big Kool Aid smile walking downtown somewhere, I'm across <laughs> the street, b. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, if I, yo, I, I I I wasn't like that, man. I'm telling you, I wasn't like that. But I learned that a da- dads need another father like me to take that pressure off of them. Mm. You know, if we're in a room full of full of a hundred women, and they're saying, "Yo, males don't belong in this event." I'm going to be the first one walking into that event saying, yo, we here. <laughs> what are y'all going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> yo, y'all didn't say no men. It's just a women-led event. 
you know, and, and that's what I do. Like I go to, you know, when Toys R Us used to be around, I would get the ice cream, not from the dads. I would get it from the moms. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we here. Like I take care of mine. <laughs> what, um, yeah. what are some of the, do you guys have some upcoming events you you want to talk about? Or like, how do people get us, uh, to know more about what fatherhood is doing and, and yourself personally, James? So sure. So 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 the, for the next couple of months, we're um we're doing our own events uh called the Art of Fatherhood, which is where we paint these 3D figures usually with a theme like Thanos or Venom or something like that or Captain America. The last one we did was Fortnite. Um, we're doing a little bit more of the music stuff. So we we did a beat class. I mean, we did a beatboxing class this past weekend. Um, the final yeah, the end of the month we're gonna do a, a we call it Catch a Tag where we're gonna um take graffiti sensors and we're going to make our own work of art, you know, using like the four elements of hip hop. Like now, now we're going to go do graffiti. So I'm going to focus on that side. Like how do I bring hip hop to, to the fatherhood side, but also make it educational. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to focus on that. And for people to follow us, you know, you go to Instagram, fatherhood is lit. You go to the website. It's cool. The number four dads.com. Um, I always ask the question, you know, if somebody goes somewhere, yo, was it cool for dads? That's the name of the site, mm. and we Dope. make and we make sure that yeah we make sure that we do that. And then um our usual partnerships is every month, every month here in Staten Island we partner with um with Lego and Home Depot, and we we're part of their monthly free uh, workshops. So I encourage all dads to go find a local Home Depot, local um, Lego, and sign up for their events. It's the first and the fifteenth that, that you can register. Oh, yeah, every Dope. month they have free events. Yeah, yeah man. Need- so that's my thing. Need more dads like you out there, man. Dude, Home Depot. Home Depot. Every morning, <laughs> 9 a.m. With, with a hammer. Do you expect to see dudes or females? Right. When I go in there, it's only females. It's supposed to be dudes in there, man. <laughs> like, we're letting the girls come in there, and they're hammering away, building things while we're looking back. Like, you know, we're too tired. <laughs> this, this, that's our world, man. <laughs> and we're losing in there. It does yeah, testosterone shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you know. So, you know, that's what we that's what we do. We make sure that the dads are taken care of wherever wherever we're at, and they could just follow through the site. That's dope, man. Yo, James, man, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, we we'd love to continue to keep in touch and and build, man, because uh, this fatherhood community needs to be stronger and bigger. So, hopefully, we can collab in the future. Oh, for sure, man. Hopefully, man. I would love to do an event with you guys one day, man. So let's get it going. Appreciate out. you, so man. Up for the dads. Yeah, Thank you, it. man. I w- it was an honor. All right, brother. Peace. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. Later. Take it easy. Thanks. No, indeed. <laughs>